Hi, my name is Bob Brooks, founder of Long the Tooth Podcast. Most dentists fail to plan ahead for the sale of their practice, which costs them hundreds of thousands of dollars and burdens the ones they love with uncertainty about the future. So every Friday on Long the Tooth, we share non-clinical insights from dental industry experts to help practice owners prepare for the sale of their practice today so they maximize profitability and peace of mind in the future. For all the hard work you put into building a practice, we believe that you, your family, and your staff deserve to transition after the sale into an even richer and more rewarding season of life. We have Marty Andes joining us again. We are discussing how success in life and business doesn't come without taking advice, learning lessons, and living with intention. Thank you so much for joining us, Marty. Thanks, Marty. It's great to be here. Marty wrote a book called Start with the Give Me Shots that emphasizes professional and life skills. And one of the things that she highlighted within this book is to find a win-win solution. I was super intrigued by the example that you gave because I loved it. I'll let you share the story about your father. But to me, I always feel like I hear the same thing over and over when I'm thinking of a win-win solution. And I really love this topic because I you know, am a negotiator in what I do uh, in selling practices. I like being creative. I like expanding the options for mutual gain. I like coming to a fair and reasonable solution for all parties so that at the end of the day, everybody feels that they've been fairly treated. But sometimes like that's not what is the outcome. <laughs> and right. oftentimes we just are get rooted in to one concept of what win-win solutions really look like. So I'll let you share the experience that you had with your father, because I think it's a fun example that we can jump off of into some discussion. Right. Well, my late dad had a really great way of not only teaching me lessons verbally, but also teaching me lessons by allowing me an opportunity to observe him and sort of learn from some of his experiences. So this, my dad, who was a farmer almost his entire life, um, had really made a point in his career that he wanted to give back into sort of local relationships. It, you know, certainly benefited him if he was able to put as much of his business into to local partnerships because it kept those businesses alive and he in turn would be able to have businesses that he could count on. And I remember in particular one time when I was back um, visiting for, I'd taken a week off and I was already working myself and living in Denver, but I'd, I'd gone back uh, to Nebraska to spend a week with him and, and he was um, going into town to pick up a part that had been at the mechanics for uh, quite some time. And so I decided just to take a ride with him and, and um, it wasn't a very sure, it wasn't a very um, long conversation, but he, you know, basically said, just wait here. And he went in and talked to the mechanic and came out not too long after that. And I said, well, did you get the part? And he's like, yeah, we're going to go over here and pick it up. And, and I said, um, and so what's going on? He goes, well, that was the last check I'll ever write that mechanic. And I remember my dad, you know, that of course, like, you know, debriefing the whole conversation with he and the mechanic. And the whole point was, you know, he knew that the mechanic was charging him more than he would be charged if he went to maybe one of the neighboring towns and just kept, you know, reinforcing with him like, hey, I really do want to continue to do business with you. And I do a lot of business with you. Can we figure out how to make this a win-win? And the biz and the mechanic was just really adamant that no, nope, this is the this is the price. And my dad asked him a couple of times, like, are you sure this is your final price? And he said yes, and so my dad wrote him a check and and said, you know, thanks for thanks for fixing the part and got back in and and when he told me that that would be the last check that he ever wrote to the mechanic, I just remember thinking to myself, you know, 
what my dad had shown me was when you can't figure out how to make it a win-win, it is in fact okay to walk away. And so mm-hmm. when I talk to groups about this or individuals, mm-hmm. you know, the, the way in which you enter a relationship and exit a relationship really, really matters. And so part of that, you know, story in particular is that, you know, for my, for my dad, he couldn't find the win-win. He had been giving and giving and giving and didn't really feel like the mechanic was giving anything in return. And, and in this particular case, he decided to walk away. But I do tell people, you know, when you think about the win-win, I think too many times, and you sort of alluded to this, we've been instructed that the win-win is, you know, in some cases, it's the meeting of the half halfway, or, you know, everybody has to win, and it has to feel fairly equal. But that's not necessarily always the case. Because, you know, if you and I went into business for something, Marie, I mean, I could think about times where it might be that in order for it to be a win for me, I might need to give like 75%. And for it to still still be a win for you, it might be only 25% because it really really doesn't matter that we're both equal because maybe what you're giving me is really, really hard for me to get at. But if you could just make that one introduction to that person, that's a huge win for me. But maybe I have to do something else that takes way more hours, but it doesn't matter because you win and I win because I get the introduction and you get whatever it was that I was going to be doing this, you know, multiple hours of, of work for you. Yeah. And I think people tend to forget that. And so that's, that was the, really my point there, because I've used that in so many cases in my life. I've certainly used it to exit, whether it be relationships, organizations, maybe it wasn't a good fit, but I've also used it in some real ways to sort of get clear with myself, which is what is the win here? So before you just say like, oh, they're not doing enough for me, or this isn't going to work. It's like, actually break it down. What's the win for them? What's the win for me? And is the situation that we're in actually conducive to making us both win? And if it isn't, then this is where you start to negotiate. This is where you you start to talk about it. You start to build the relationship. Can we get a win if this is what you do versus what I do? And if you are able to do that, great. That's a win. If you're not able to do that, then maybe part of it is just, you know, accepting the fact that you both need to part ways. But I think, you know, when you decide to take that second piece, I always tell people, you know, that that is your brand. So whether you decide to stay in business with somebody or you decide to walk away, either way, you are representing your brand. So keep in mind, if you didn't have a great outcome, I, could, I go back to my dad's experience. He never badmouthed that mechanic. He never talked ill about that mechanic to anybody else that was doing business with that mechanic because that was between him and the mechanic. They yeah. couldn't figure out how to work it out. So yeah. that was how they walked away. So I think that's a, it's just an incredibly important concept, especially as people are either, you know, um, you know, selling businesses, buying businesses, you know, making all of these dis- different relationships. It's super important around how you come into those relationships and potentially stay in them or exit them. Yes, I I like your example because I do think that win-win, like you're saying, it isn't always 50-50. That is 100% the case. Um, But it's also, you know, each transition that I do, I would argue there's a lot of delicate components that can, you know, have a lot of answers to it. It's not like there's just one specific right answer to any given compromise or item that needs to be negotiated or discussed. Sometimes we get so rooted in our position on needing something that we forget that there are other options or we forget that there's something else that could potentially 
have an impact on making a transition smoother or more successful. I had one client that was really adamant that we close on a certain date and I didn't realize it at the time, but his wife had already bought them tickets to this really elaborate um, trip that they were taking to Europe. And he's like, I'm not changing this. Like I, like I have to close before the stage because, you know, we've already put a ton of money into the, the trip. And that's fairly common when people are looking to retire is they get excited about everything they're going to do. And just, you know, it wasn't really anyone's fault that the closing had been pushed because of lending closer and closer to their big date. Uh, when it came down to it, the buyer needed some assistance with uh, his insurance credentialing. And, you know, it ended up being an easy compromise that the seller was able to help the buyer with the credentialing process a little bit sooner than we had uh, otherwise had planned on doing so, which allowed us then to keep the same target date. But I think if we would have been so rooted in, hey, we have to close by this date from the seller and the buyer saying, oh no, I need you know a certain number of weeks for this, then you could come to a lot of conflict without compromise. And so I think that that's right. more what we're dealing with. There's a lot of small things like that that get added up. However, I would say, I love your father's example because sometimes in the middle of a transition, when somebody's looking to buy a practice, sometimes things come up within the initial process that whether they're doing their due diligence or a chart audit or anything along the way, that they realize that something about this is no longer a good fit. And even though they may like everybody in the in the process, maybe they really like the seller, they like the practice, like everything they're looking at, but something has come to their attention that is making them feel like this might not work for me. And that is a very hard and sad conversation to have, especially when you like everybody in the equation, hmm. but it's one that is necessary sometimes because maybe the buyer's going to be in a situation where it's not going to be successful for them after they acquire the practice and the seller doesn't want that for the buyer. I mean, my clients are all really nice people. They want, you know, they want the buyer to be successful. They're not just, right. you know, looking to make money and exit. And so occasionally saying no and walking away is what ends up happening. And that's okay too. Like, it's interesting that that is a very real win-win, even though it's funny to say it that way, because it kind of feels like a lose-lose since the deal didn't come to fruition. However, I have found that when things don't work out, something better always ends up working for both the buyer and seller down the road with other parties. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. I had, I had a friend of mine years ago say to me, um, if something starts to feel too hard, it's, it's because it probably is. And that's not to be defeating, but if you're ever getting to a point where you're like, why is this so complicated? Why is it every time we're trying to get this thing signed, it's not working or why is it? So I think there's that part of it. The other thing that yep. this lesson I think is really interesting for people to be able to do. And um, certainly something that when I've worked from an, you know, from a coaching perspective is that as much as it also feels very outwardly because it's relationships with other people, it's very introspective. Because part of what you're doing is also really getting clear with yourself as to, you know, where, where could you move and it still is a win? You know, are you just sort yeah. of set with your own expectations, what you're used to historically, what you've been told it's supposed to be like? Can you actually step back for a second and just say, okay, what is this saying about me? Is there something that I could be doing? And so it's, the lesson is really about looking at it from all those perspectives to really getting clear as to what do they need to be successful? What do you need to be successful? And in some cases, 
you know, you really could look at it and just say, you know what, maybe I don't really need that. It'd be maybe be nice if I got that extra, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for out of the relationship. But if it could still be a win and you're able to give to help them win, I I just think a lot of times people don't many times, I guess, when you're in business negotiations, or even when you're just, again, you've been doing something in a similar way, or you've been taught that this is the way it typically, you know, happens that, you know, it's okay to pause for a second, just go, you know, what if I just thought about this in a different way from somebody else's perspective? I think that that's pretty imperative, because I find that the onset of any transition, so I usually have the first time a buyer and seller meet each other, I want it to be a very casual meeting. I'm usually not there because I just want them to be able to get to know each other. And I find that that first visit, like they, you know, they know proper etiquette to not discuss negotiations at that meeting. But I find that that builds a relationship of trust and friendship at the onset, which then when we do start negotiating things down the road, it doesn't really feel like negotiating. It feels different. It feels like okay, what can we do to make this a smooth transition for the staff or what would be easier on their schedule or what would make this easier for them to take over that account? So all of a sudden, both buyer and seller, all of us are working towards, you know, what would make things better, easier, smoother for everybody. And so that's why I really loved your initial Mm -hmm. comment of nothing's ever 50-50 because when you start with a foundation of trust and friendship at the onset, then actually even when somebody ends up having to walk away, it still can be very professional and have a lot of respect even in a separation. But um, but I do find that the deals that come to fruition when we start with that baseline of this this trust essentially at the onset, then the win-win, you know, it happens all along the way in a variety of different components. And then I do find that you're right, people look at it in a different view. They're saying, okay, yeah, maybe I'm not going to get this out of the deal, whatever it may be, even if it's something small. However, I do see that me being able to offer this to either the buyer or seller will help us both to be successful in making this smoother. So I like that attitude going in because I find that, you know, selling a dental practice is not like selling a piece of real estate. The doctor is selling goodwill and goodwill literally is their relationship with patients and their relationships with the staff. So Mm -hmm. selling that is such a delicate transition and that you want the staff to feel that they were treated fairly, that they, you know, were notified well enough in advance that, you know, it's not like the day before closing or something. And then you want them to feel like there's a positive endorsement of this new buyer, as well as that positive, positive endorsement going to the patients. And so at the end of the day, I want both the buyer and seller to be friends the whole time because I need them to be on good terms by the time we're closing, because otherwise that delicate transition of them selling the goodwill doesn't truly happen the way it should. If, well, I, I mean, I love the fact that you do this for both your buyer and seller. I mean, it, if honestly, I bet more business transactions in general, regardless of industry, would be successful if they got to know each other as people first and built that trust. I mean, that is huge. So kudos to to your practice in doing that when you bring people together. Yeah, I th- well, ideally, my hope is, is also makes my <laughs> my life easier in doing sure. that. Then, if you know, if everybody likes each other, it's always. Right. Well, it's a win, win, win. Yes. (laughs) A triple win. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but I love this concept and I love, I love you bringing a unique perspective to it because I think that was kind of refreshing in all of the business material I read, especially on negotiations. I always find that there's, and I do find a lot of people have creative ideas on how to, you know, have compromise, focus on, you know, interests and not positions and all these types of things that come out of 
the corporate America of negotiations and win-win, but I love also this secondary comment of sometimes win-win is walking away and that's okay too. And I think if we have the perspective going into any deal that um, it's okay to walk away, then I do think that everything is everything that is built in that transition is intended to be for the success of all people that, you know, we don't want something to come to the end of the close date and then afterwards realize that it was just a terrible decision for one party or the other. So nobody right. would have benefited from that. And even if you make all of the appropriate professional compromise that led up to that, um, it really has to be the right thing for all people. Yeah. It gives everybody the ability to to get what they need and feel good about it. And that yes, yeah. is always a win-win. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us again. We appreciate your insight. I think this is incredibly helpful for our listeners, especially those that are looking to either buy a practice or sell a practice or even start a practice from scratch in the near future. I think it's such a fundamental principle to take into consideration when making these types of decisions. So thank you, Marnie, for joining us. Thank you.